You're listening to. You're listening to. The Homo Homie Podcast. Representing, educating, and unifying our queer comunidad. Also, a gig craft course 101 for the hetero. I'm your host, Eric V. And I'm your co host, Jose Resendez. A fun kickback podcast for all our Homo Homies and Raza. We invite you to download, stream, and share to, to find out what's, what's good in the hood. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of the Homo Homie Podcast. I'm your host, Eric V, and please welcome my co-host, Jose Resendez. Jose, Jose. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, girl, that meme that you sent me in the DMs, I was dying. If you guys don't know, today's episode is all about gays over COVID, right? And how the vaccine is coming about and some people are starting to get it. And it's the one that you sent me, that meme of uh, a vaccinated top that posted on Grindr. I was like, what the heck? Oh, the screenshot. <laughs> the screenshot. I was like, are yeah, you kidding hilarious. me? That is seriously, that's actually, it's funny, but it's not because it's like, all right, they're putting that they're vaccinated, yay them, and that they're healthy and that they're, they're COVID free. But at the same rate, like, it's also bad because now they're going to be going out there thinking that, oh, just because they got vaccinated, they're going to be able to do what they want and sleep around, right? Yeah, I mean, it gives a lot of mixed signals. Um, the bright side is that they're getting vaccinated. Mm -hmm. But um, it's funny because last year during last year during the height of the pandemic, or I guess this is a new height of the pandemic, but last year when everything was new and we were being home in the lockdown, on these websites such as Tinder and, you know, whatever, Bumble, and, and not just the gay apps, what I'm trying to say, uh -huh. people were like low-key dating, low-key hooking up, low-key meeting up. I would see like these jokes and memes like, oh, getting a blowjob while wearing the mask. You know, it is like <laughs> he has your dick in your mouth. Like, honey, if you have COVID, Ms. Rona is going to travel through your mouth, through your throat, through your booty hole. Any which it's way. It's not just the mouth, you know, so. <laughs> well, hopefully you don't end up on gays over COVID. Oh, my God. That account. I've been following that account since like. I think October, a couple of months ago, but I know that it just went viral again because of the Puerto Vallarta situation. Yeah. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I did. The boat fall <laughs> the boat falling into the water. <laughs> that is a mess. Yeah, um, total mess. But I do, as, you know, whenever we have our guest join us later in this episode, I do want to ask him what his thoughts are because it's pretty controversial, right? I mean, people have different opinions about this account at Gaze Over COVID. Yeah. I support it. It's pointing the finger and it's like, good. I mean, I'm sorry to shame you, but you need to learn your lesson. And we have all 2020 to get it together. Like, why are you doing this? Exactly. I mean, I already talked to you about that as well. And we spoke about it and I wanted to get his input on what he thinks about it. Kind of like almost resembling the HIV epidemic back in the day when it was, you know, they were comparing the gays to the HIV virus. So I had my reservations. Other than that, I do like the page itself. So the page is, is great. And, uh, you know, and speaking about having our doctor on today, quick note, according to the LA Times, one in three residents have been infected with COVID and numbers and in infections and death continue to grow. Oh, man, that's horrible. Yeah, I did see that one in three. That's crazy. And, um, you know, these hospitals and these nurses and doctors, I can only imagine like the overwhelmed feeling, the stress working in those front lines. Yeah. So, again, we, we've done several episodes where we talk about 
about the situation that's happening and we always want to give a huge shout out to our frontline workers yeah most definitely and we have one of those frontline workers today with us as our guest so he's been featured on nbc cbs fox sirius xm and more and is now the host of ask the np on radio.com's channel q dr james simmons is a licensed right. nurse practitioner where you can get clear judgment-free no bullshit answers to all those medical questions you are too scared to ask your medical doctor from health tips lgbtq health mental illness men's health sexual health fitness nutrition diet exercise dang the list keeps going on and on masturbation yes drugs nothing is off limits understanding your health doesn't have to be stuffy or scary james keeps it real keeps it casual and keeps it all about you Dr. James continues to emerge as a leading voice at the intersection of queer and black communities. Yes, I'm so happy to have Dr. James Simmons on. I know that we've been following him and he's been following the podcast for quite some months now. And so what better way to bring him on than to have a whole episode dedicated to the vaccine and to chat about gays over COVID and everything that's happening on social media, because we know that's hugely influential in the way people think and they make their decisions for, for their health. Yeah. And their medical choices, you know. So so yeah, I can't wait to have them on. All right. Yeah. So get ready as we ask the doc about all your COVID vaccination fears after this break. You're listening to the Homo Homie Podcast. Okay, and we are back from the break, and we are excited to have our guest with us, uh, Dr. James Simmons. Hello. Well, hello. I just, I, you know what? I'm still not used to that doctor thing. It's still kind of new. So sometimes I'm like, oh, who is this doctor they have on? I'm like, oh, wait, that's me. <laughs> wait, is, it, is, it, is it new because you just got those credentials or how does that work? Yeah. So I've been a nurse practitioner for a minute. Like I've been, well, I've been in healthcare more than 10 years. I've been a nurse practitioner a little over seven. Um, the doctorate, like getting the doctorate just, I just finished it last summer. So June, right in the middle of the pandemic. So I was on June oh. 15th. I was James Simmons. June 16th. I was Dr. James Simmons. So that's why your Instagram is at ask the NP. Yes, because I've been an NP for a long time. And I, I still, my doctorate actually didn't really change what I'm able to do clinically. Like as an NP, I am at the top level of what I'm able to practice. My doctorate was more about my research, about the education, about all that kind of stuff. So I still do what I do clinically. It didn't really change much. But now I got those like, you know, heavy hitter doctorate credentials behind me. Woohoo. You know, see, I told you, Jose, I kept asking Jose, I was like, is he a doctor or is he an, an, a nurse practitioner? I, I'm confused. I had to look it up. <laughs> so I was like, wait a right, minute. Right. The answer, the answer is technically yes. Well, because so many people get confused, right? We think of our whole lives. We grew up as a doctor is a medical physician, right? A medical doctor. Well, you can get a doctorate in poetry and, uh, you know, if you have a doctor, Jose has a doctorate in poetry, you're Dr. Jose, right? Like that's, that's how that works. So medically I'm still able to do what I do and I could before that, but now I, you know, all my research and all that other stuff and the teaching and all those things is what makes this doctorate of nursing practice is technically mm. what I have. Gotcha. Hey, Eric, it could be a doctor of hoology. Hey. <laughs> and there are many, many people. I, know, I, I already have that doctor. I have my master's girl. <laughs> <laughs> Um, speaking about hoology, uh, mm -hmm. 
there's this uh we, we before we introduced you we were talking about gays over covid you've heard of the page correct oh yeah yeah, oh, yeah. very much so and i believe you were featured on their page as well I, I was and that was that was news to me you know what i for those of y'all listening who you know if your introduction to gays over covid is just now on the podcast or whatever you'll go on there and see i i did this video on a weekend i was just over it because you know i, I work in the hospital and i work in acute care which means like critically ill patients so you know people have been unfortunately like have being sick and dying of COVID around me for months now and it's Mm. I'm just getting really tired like it it's exhausting and not only is it exhausting to keep taking care of patients I mean I love what I do but also like so many people are coming into the hospital sick and unfortunately dying unnecessarily and so I was just kind of hot I was mad and I had my gas mask on and I I recorded this little video and I wasn't even really going to do much with it and then I was like no you know what just post it and I literally just posted it and typed the word exhausted and that was it and then off I went about the rest of my day well I came back like five six hours later or whatever Mm -hmm. and it had like like 80,000 views on Instagram. Dang. <laughs> I was like, what? You were on and popping, like, huh? <laughs> I don't, I mean, I went viral with the virus. Right, right. I went viral, I went viral about the virus. Exactly. And so what happened was that whoever runs gays over COVID, cause whoever that is, is still anonymous, right? They, they took it and they reposted it. Well, it was right in the thick, like right in the hot of new year's Eve. Cause I think this was like January 2nd or something, mm-hmm. new year's Eve, uh, all the, you know, the gays over COVID drama, Puerto Vallarta, like all of that stuff was, was popping and he posted it. And then Ricky Martin reposted it. Yep. And what? then like, yeah, it's like all these other people, some drag, some, I think a drag queen who won, who was on like UK drag race. I don't know, whatever she reposted, like all these people kept reposting the video. Next thing I know, it's got 400,000 views. Like it was just what people are reaching out to me in my DMs. Like it was wild. <laughs> and this page has been garnering a lot of followers. And personally, I when I saw it and came across it, I liked it, but I had concerns because it reminded me of the whole HIV epidemic, mm-hmm. you know, because of an article that the gays had HIV. So this is kind of like, oh, they're spreading COVID and it's the gays fault. Yeah. You know, I think that's really you, you bring up such a, a fascinating point. And uh, the the person who's running gays over COVID has a kind of a, tried to address this a couple of times. And it's not me, I promise, by the way, because uh, <laughs> I've been asked a couple of times by like news outlets. They're like, all right, you can tell us it's you. And I'm like, no, I ain't got time for all that. So uh <laughs> They've addressed it a couple of times and said, you know what, if someone wants to make a straights over COVID, go ahead. But this person was like, I identify as part of the community. The only thing I really have the bandwidth for is to call out my community for their actions. Like, I'm going to worry about my community and you can worry about yours. And collectively, we will attack this, this virus, like people's behaviors that are causing the virus to continue. Now, I do think we have to be really careful to, to your point, Eric, is about you know, there's so much of the world pointed at HIV and blamed it on us. Mm-hmm. And it was a gay cancer at first. And then, you know, it, it did unfortunately impact our community, obviously much, much more than others, but it was almost like as if it was our fault. And so right. we do have to be really careful with that. I'm also really careful about comparisons to the HIV pandemic, which is unfortunately still going on and the COVID pandemic for some of those same reasons. I think it's it's sort of interesting to draw parallels and to see what we learned or what have not learned from the HIV pandemic, but we have to be really, really, really careful as someone who is an activist in the HIV community. I'm really close to a lot of uh, long-term survivors um, that it, it was, it's a categorically different situation that happened 
uh, in the 80s and 90s when the HIV pandemic was the worst and the way that the government treated it and the way that the government treated us. Yeah. And frankly, the way that the government continues to still still treat poor brown folks, trans folks, like whatever, who have HIV. It's it's still a thing. Yeah, most definitely. And I, I, I myself am HIV positive. I did come out not too long ago in December and it, mm-hmm. it, it just drew that concern with me. And I was just like, OK, I, I know I can't compare it because they're totally two different things, the viruses. But I mean, we're working right now and we have the vaccine for this covid uh, virus. And that's what we want to talk with you more about and get more in depth about uh, what this uh, vaccine does, because you took it. And I believe you mm-hmm. already had you, you already got the two doses, correct? Yeah, I did. I did get the second dose and it, uh, the first dose was chill. It was very chill. Like I was uh, maybe a little flush, like 10 minutes later and then maybe a little tired, but Mm. like, that was it. Like not really, I didn't really notice much. The second one was a little bit different. I will say it, uh, it didn't hurt as bad going into my arm, but, um, I was real kind of like right now I had like a lot of brain fog. Like my brain just was not clicking and I was real just like blah for like Ugh. two days. I'm not sick. I just was like real laissez faire about everything. Like my husband was like, you know, hey. And I was like, okay. <laughs> kind of like you a know. day after Sunday fun day. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, he was like, you want to get it in? And I was like, okay. Do you want to order Chinese food? Okay. <laughs> like I just wasn't. I was real slow at work. Like I just was whatever. Now, some people, some of my colleagues have had horrible side effects from this. And I want to really warn people. I I am a fan of this vaccine. You should get it. I promise you, however, the side effects that you are going to get when you get the second one might be rough, but they are definitely not as rough as getting COVID. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people get fever. A lot of people are really tired. A lot of people get muscle aches. Those are really the big three things. And it kicks in about 18 to 24 hours after you get that second dose what what are some of the craziest symptoms that you've heard of that people have gotten that are real that are real not these like fake memes right you mean you mean there's conspiracy theories about a vaccine no <laughs> i mean here we are talking about i think i think ricky martin's the one that that's the one behind co- gaze over covid oh you think so yeah it's ricky martin <gasps> totally Wait, why do you think it's ricky martin i want to know I don't know. It's because he's living La Vida Loca all the time. <laughs> he sure is living La Vida Loca. Um, so the craziest thing I've heard, so there's this, uh, the medical term for it is diaphoresis, which is just like, great. you're like crazy sweating. Uh, one of the physicians I work with, uh, she, she this actually happened to her two nights in a row. She woke up in the middle of the night, bed, bed sheets drenched, like mm-hmm. completely diaphoretic. She was like sweating crazy. Now she took- Right. right. This is how we're all going to get in shape after COVID. Right. No, I'm kidding. So uh, that was a little rough for her. And then I did have I did have another physician that I work with um, was so nauseous that they had to go home like they couldn't really handle working like they were sort of ineffective at work. Um, So this is why I tell people try to time it like either know you're going to take a sick day the day after or do it on, you know, if you're a Monday through Friday kind of person, take it on a Friday so that, you know, Saturday might be a little rough. Or if you don't want to come into work on Monday, take it on a Sunday. You know what I mean? Like whatever you need to do, but know that that next day is going to be a little rough. So to clarify, we are for sure endorsing this vaccine and it is to take it, but keep in mind that your symptoms might differ. 
100%. See, you need to be the spokesperson on TV for this. This is what I think. You should just be like holding the vaccine. Hi, I'm speaking on behalf of Pfizer. No, you know what? There, there are a lot of sensitivities because I'm sure people listening, like, listen, they, like I'm black, right? I'm, I'm biracial black. My dad is black. And so there is a very long history of our U.S. government and our U.S. healthcare system experimenting on black and brown folks medically, yeah. there's a reason we distrust the system. And we have very, very good reason for that. So I think this is sort of a parallel path kind of situation, like two truths can exist simultaneously. We can be leery of the healthcare system, know that there is intrinsic racism in the healthcare system, know that we need to atone for things that happened in the past and identify how we can make things better, while also at the same time realizing that this vaccine is legit. No, they're not experimenting on us. No, they're not waiting for a bunch of brown and black folks to get this vaccine to see what happens, because I hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. Nope, they didn't already see what happened. It's when the 9 million people have gotten the vaccine already. None of us have dropped dead from it. One person had a really bad reaction, I will say that, <laughs> <laughs> who had a, a near lethal reaction, I believe. But that person also had reactions to, to lots of vaccines, right? There are some people, 95% of people are going to get this. They're going to have some mild side effects. They're going to go on about their life. There are 5% of people, more or less, are going to have some severe reactions to this because they probably have severe reactions to lots of different vaccines and lots of different things. And that's a risk that you will take with the vaccine. But I still think ultimately for most people, this vaccine is 100% safer and better than you actually messing around with getting COVID. Now, with, with that being said, would you also recommend those who have those ailments like HIV, AIDS, uh, or cancer, diabetes, would you recommend like them under, to take it? Conditions. Yeah, the underlying, thank you, the underlying conditions, would you recommend them to, to take this uh, uh, vaccine or? Very, very much so. So, but I do want to sort of separate out um, underlying conditions and I actually want to categorically separate out HIV and then separate out AIDS from that as well. Right? Okay. So, You know, those who have HIV, we'll talk about HIV population right away. So people who have HIV, who are on their therapy, who are taking their meds, if they have an undetectable viral load, like all of that stuff, U equals U, hooray, like, yay, no more stigma, like no one cares anymore, like, right, like we handle this. Yeah. Those folks should absolutely get the vaccine, like without question. If there are individuals who are HIV positive, who maybe have had a hard time accessing their meds or they just haven't been able to be on their meds, their viral load's kind of high, maybe their T cell counts are a little bit low, you need to talk to somebody before you take this vaccine. I want to make that very, very clear, okay? okay? So there's a difference from people who have HIV and it's well controlled with medications and you're seeing someone and you have a provider and all that kind of stuff. Take the vaccine. If you have HIV and there's some stuff going on in your life, because and I am not a judgment person about this stuff at all. I've taken care of a lot of patients who are like really want to do the best that they can for their HIV. They just haven't been able to, right? So if you're one of those people who just hasn't been able to, talk to somebody first before you take this vaccine, because we might actually need to get your HIV kind of on the right track mm-hmm. before you do the vaccine. For everybody else with like diabetes, hypertension, those two are two of the biggest underlying Uh, issues that can actually make your outcomes with COVID worse. So we see people with obesity, diabetes, and hypertension get the sickest in the hospital from COVID. So I tell everybody, if you have any underlying condition, period, period, (laughs) you should talk to your primary care provider, whether it's an email, a text, a video chat, whatever, call them up real quick and be like, hey, I want to get this vaccine. Is it okay? And they'll let you know more than likely, yes. But if you otherwise don't have any underlying health conditions, you're just like young and healthy, y'all better get in line for this thing and go get it. 
Okay. But if you have if you have diabetes, you could probably get a VIP pass in the line. Yeah, hello. Right. If you're well, right now they're saying everybody over sixty five in California. But I I agree. If you you might as well get that fast pass like you're at Disney or whatever. If you have right. diabetes or hypertension or obesity, like y'all going ahead in front of everybody else, please. You, you just say that you had yeah. your blood sugar dropped and you, you go right to the front of the line. You're good. <laughs> Do you have a Diet Coke uh, with that? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, before we continue, though, uh, let's clarify that there's two different, like, vaccines or two different makers. Like, explain to me, are they different or is it just two different brands like Nike, Adidas type of thing or what's going on? Amazing. Uh, you have all the great questions. This is awesome. So there are actually several vaccines. The only two that at, at the time of this podcast recording, there are only two that have been approved by the FDA to be distributed to the public. They use the same technology, meaning they're built the same and they should cause the same reaction in our body. And those are the Pfizer vaccine and the Moderna vaccine. They both use what's called mRNA. Now, it sounds crazy, and this is where I think some of the conspiracy theories come in. People are like, oh, it's going to change your DNA. Ah. It does not change your DNA. It does not go, because we all are, everyone goes back and thinks they remember ninth grade biology. I'm in our RNA and DNA, whatever, and they're all, of a sudden, all of a sudden they hear NA, and they're like, oh, it must change my DNA. It doesn't change your DNA. It works within the cell, like at the cell wall level and whatever. It gets that low, that microbiological level, and which is super important. We want it to do that because virus that's where viruses attack, right? So Pfizer and Moderna use the same technology. They are essentially the same vaccine. If you get the Pfizer one, you get your first dose, and then 21 days-ish later, you get your second, so three weeks. Moderna is four weeks later for your second one. That's really the only difference between the two. How many doses? So just two doses per each? Yep, just the two doses per each. There are some places that were having a hard time getting enough vaccines and distributing whatever where there was talk about only doing one dose for everyone. But I think that changed recently. Uh, Joe Biden has sort of releasing all of this now, releasing all the vaccines so that there's they're not holding anything back so people will still be able to get your two doses. Mm. Okay. And why is there two doses, though? Why couldn't one dose be enough? Is it like an appetizer and then the entree? Like, <laughs> Kind of, yeah. I've heard, I've heard an epidemiologist talk about this as like, it's kind of like salad and dinner or like dinner and then you weren't quite full, so you had dessert. Because um, <laughs> we're going for full, right? Like you're not going to spend all this money and go to a fancy restaurant and then just get the tiny little filet and then leave there hungry, right? I don't want, so, I don't want just a tip. <laughs> I mean, this is, we're going to go there. All right, let's go there. So, um, you don't, you don't want just the tip. The first one will trigger your body to learn that SARS-CoV-2, the medical name for coronavirus, this particular coronavirus that causes COVID-19, because you know, there's a bunch of coronaviruses. So this vaccine triggers your body to realize that SARS-CoV-2 is bad. And then when she comes up in you to attack her and kill her. Now, you teach the body the first time, and then you remind her three weeks later so that it sets in. So it's like the, you get the initial dose, and then it's like a booster dose. You've heard of booster doses for like a tetanus shot. We boost tetanus shots every 10 years, that kind of thing. Yeah. Same, same philosophy. And will this Ooh. prevent from us uh, getting the virus again, or is this going to be like a yearly thing where like kind of like the flu shot? That is like the magic question, dude. I, I have a feeling... 
that we're going to have to probably get this every year, like the flu shot, mm-hmm. um, and that it will probably start to be incorporated into the flu shot. So there, I, I doubt this will happen by the end of the 2021, but I think in the next few years, what we'll see is a combo shot. Come and get your flu and COVID and whatever shot all in one, you know, at now at CVS or whatever, you know, and while you're here, get some toilet paper and some Diet Pepsi. So I, I think we'll start to see that. For now, here's the crazy part. We don't know. We know that this thing helps protect you from getting sick if you get COVID. That's about the most that we know. And we know that it's safe. We know that it's not really causing people to get super sick. Like, you know, there've been some reports of like seizures and Bell's palsy and all these kinds of things, but they're very, very, very small numbers. And there's actually no real association between getting the shot and getting the Bell's palsy or the seizures or whatever. We just haven't been able to make that association. So how long is it going to last? We don't know. Once you get the vaccine, you could still get COVID because it's just it, the, the vaccine is more about like, helping your body be ready for these symptoms exactly so it's It's not it's not a magical like immunity shot at all as much as we want it to be Mm -hmm. (laughs) because man i wish it was no it is not a magical immunity shot but it's sort of like What's a good analogy? So let's say you've been on Grinder, Scruff, whatever. <laughs> well, let's say you're on the apps, but this is like your second or third go around on the apps. So you know what to expect. Mm-hmm. You know, when they send you like the, the pick right away, you know, the pick I'm talking about, they'd send you that pick right away. You're like, I'm not messing with this person, right? You've learned, you've experienced this. So you're still on the app. You're still dealing with the drama, but you can handle it much, much better. So what this vaccine does is it primes your body, gets your body ready so that that if you were to get COVID, you won't get as sick. Won't prevent you from getting it. You can still get it, which is why folks still got to wear a mask. Because the other thing is, we don't know, even if you're vaccinated, how contagious you might be to other people. Mm. So you might get COVID. You might not even know you have it. Or if you have it, it might be super chill because you got the vaccine. But then you might go to Abuelita's house and get her sick and then game over. Yeah. I got you because that's what we were going to ask you is that um, do we still have to continue doing the mask and the sanitizing and the washing and everything else? And for right now, until I guess later on in the year, hopefully that all goes away. Yeah, I think until we get to this place where, you know, you've heard herd immunity, I'm sure. So once we get to this place of herd immunity, meaning about 75 percent of the population have either been vaccinated or gotten COVID themselves so that uh, most of the population's body already knows how to handle this if they get sick from it. Until we get to that point, we're still going to be wearing masks. We're not going to be all crammed together at Coachella. We're not going to be all standing in the Abbey, having a drink on a Sunday, standing next to each other, breathing and sweating all over each other. Like that's not going to happen. I know some people are doing it in some places. Yeah. Port of Port of Vallarta and, you know, Rio and whatever. But we <laughs> should not be doing that until we get to that sort of semi-magical 75% number. So until then, yeah, still sanitizing, still uh, wearing your mask are like the most important things. Yeah, because Jose and I already had it. So we, you know, I don't know how how long is the immunity for us to to get it again or can we get we it again? If you get, if you get COVID and you beat it. You do. You have, so your body has built up antibodies and has learned, whoop, I got that. I don't want it back. But here's the thing. As you flex, 
we don't know how long that lasts. <laughs> there, there are some people who have got, <laughs> and here comes a hand sanitizer in the mask. Uh, and oh, see, you got that Lysol. Mm-hmm. It is still hard to get in my neighborhood, by the way. I still have a hard time getting the Lysol. They were fighting all over it at Costco. Let me tell you, they put that bin out and right away they ravaged it real quick. I was like, oh, hell, hell no, hell no. <laughs> right, you're like, I'm getting one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, though, unfortunately, there have been, Jose, cases of people who, have gotten COVID the second time and actually died from it. Mm. So we know it's possible. It doesn't seem to happen a lot though. So we think that when your body gets it the first time and they build up antibodies to it, your body's probably pretty strong against it for a while. We just, because the virus is so new, we just don't know for how long, right? We don't know if those antibodies last for life or like a year or somewhere in between. We don't know yet. Mm. Now, Okay, I'm going to go a little bit off topic right now, but not too much. But uh, back, back to, you know, like the effects. I heard something about fillers, Botox, plastic surgery. If you had that, like something something might happen to you, a, a limp face or I don't know. <laughs> Did you get something done? Did you get your knees done or something? No, I didn't get nothing done. Not yet. Not, not her knees. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh, by the way, you got jokes! You got jokes! Watch white chicks! Oh my god, <laughs> that is so funny! You got what you do? Get your knees done. <laughs> so listen, we uh, there have been some people who have had Botox and fillers have had some uh, very rare side effects. So on the whole, we are telling people right now, huh? This is really kind of interesting. So if you've had some work done, and listen, I live in LA, mm-hmm. right? A lot of people I work done out here, but if you've had some work done, Botox fillers, anything like that, you should reach out to your primary care provider first before you get it. We also, we know that there are lots of different situations where people can get the vaccines in, right? So LA County is trying to come up with like drive-through vaccines and you can get it at Dodger stadium now and all this stuff. What you probably should do is if you've had fillers, Botox, plastic surgery, anything like that, go to your primary care provider's office or like a hospital or some sort of medical facility where you can get the vaccine and they can watch you for a little while to make sure you don't have a reaction right away. Yeah. Now, does the vaccine cover the new mutated um, uh, strains that just came out? So far, the first, the biggest mutation that we found, the one that's made the biggest news so far, the one that was in the UK and uh-huh. then popped up in Colorado, and now it's in like, I think 40, the lower 48 states. Uh, yes, Ooh. the vaccine does cover that mutation. But there are other mutations that we're finding. Um, this is it's a like the little iPhone. It's like iPhone 10, <laughs> and then 12 and 12 Pro and 12 Pro Max XR <laughs> and like whatever. Like, why do we need to know all this? So yeah, you're so funny. The yes, so far it's covering the mutations. But one of the things that vaccine makers are going to have to do with is keep tweaking the vaccine to keep up with the mutations. It's very similar to the flu vaccine. There's a reason why we have to get a flu vaccine every year because We will have the flu strains from the Southern hemisphere, the six months beforehand, they roll in there, some bird flu and some swine flu and Mm. some other stuff. They throw it all in there and they take all that and mash it together and give you a flu shot. But then the flu strains that were in the Southern hemisphere are different every year. So they grab those and they make a new flu shot, which is why we have a new flu shot every year. Right? Yeah. I think, and this is just my, my opinion, James Simmons opinion. I think this is why we, I think we're going to have to be vaccinated every year because this thing is going to keep mutating as viruses do. And we're going to have to try to keep up with it. Wait, so the Dodger Stadium thing already opened? Because I heard about that they were going to do like like a big va- va- vaccine Disneyland at Dodger Stadium. 
<laughs> Vaccine Disneyland, right. Since real Disneyland can't be fully open. Uh, I, you know what? That's a great question. I don't think they're ready. I think they was going to take some time to convert it. Um, I think one of the logistical things they're working on is how do you get those super cold refrigerators to store the vaccine in the right place? Then how do you transport it from those refrigerators on site? How long they can be there? There's some logistical things that they need to go into. But, you know, I will say a lot of people have said a lot of crap about L.A. County Department of Public Health. But they I think for what the resources they were given, I think they've done a pretty good job. So I have faith that the L.A. The LA County Department of Public Health will do right by us to make this thing happen quickly. I didn't know they were serving vaccine on the rocks. <laughs> with, a little, with a little whiskey chaser. With a little martini so, olive. <laughs> do the vaccines expire? Like if they're sitting in a warehouse or whatever fridge, do they expire? Like, do you have to like administer them real quick? And there's talks yeah. about that. So the, the, they have to be super chilled, right? So the Moderna and the Pfizer ones, this mRNA technology has to be super chilled. You can then thaw that out and then you have a certain window and it, each vaccine has windows a little bit different, but the window's not, it's not like you thaw it out and you have to give it like right away. Like you have a little time to give this vaccine, but they do ultimately start to lose effectiveness. So they're not necessarily dangerous if they've been out for too long, but they don't really work. So there is some timing. You got to keep them super cold for a while. Then you got to spend a little time thawing them out. And then when they're like ambient temperature, room temperature for a minute, that's when you have a certain amount of time to give them. Can you imagine pulling up to the vaccine drive-thru and they're like, your order's not ready. Can you please pull up? You know how they do at McDonald's? Like, <laughs> it's so it's dumb. Can you please park over we're, here? We're still thawing them. <laughs> <laughs> that is oh, hysterical. Man. So, okay, so slowly but surely, they are rolling them out to the public because you already got it. Obviously, you work at medical, you're a frontline worker. And then I believe, like, the army and, like, the military and, like, is it, is it rich people next? Like, how does this work? The, the well, the- there are there are lots of stories, unfortunately, of rich, rich folks trying to buy their way to the front of the line to get this vaccine. You know, unfortunately, we've had a really poorly coordinated federal response to this. So the federal government, and I'm not necessarily one to constantly be like, oh, my God, it's Trump's fault for everything. But it kind of is for this. So, <laughs> he, you know, we had a really poor federal response. And what they said was, let the states decide how to do this. A lot of the states said, we are already in crisis mode. We already don't have enough healthcare workers to work in the hospitals to take care of people who are like dying of COVID, let alone to like go give vaccines. We have to put this on lo- on l- even smaller, like county public health departments. And the counties were like, what do y'all want us to do? Like, we're already overwhelmed. Like, what are you talking about? We don't have any money. And then the counties were like, okay, each hospital, y'all figure it out for yourself. Well, then CVS and Walgreens are standing around acting, saying, what do we do? And the county, other public health departments are like, well, what do we do? And hospitals, some, you know, big hospitals are like, all right, cool. We have tons of resources. Little hospitals were like, wait a minute, what are we supposed to do? We don't have any money or people. So it turned into like a, a hot mess. I think now that there is going to be much a much more federal from the top level down. And I'm not always a fan of top level, right? Joe Biden doesn't not honestly know what's best in Cincinnati, Ohio, or Palm Springs, California, or, you know, Nacogdoches, Texas, like those people generally do. But at some point in time, you have to say, okay, here's a bunch of money. Here's a bunch of resources. We recommend start with everybody 75 and over, then give everybody 65 who has underlying health conditions, then the teachers, you know, once all the nurses and physicians and respiratory therapists and frontline workers and EVS and all those people in the hospital get vaccinated, right? Like there wasn't really much direction with that. Now there's a lot more direction and funds have been released. There's a lot more time for people to kind of try to figure this stuff out. So while it's a pretty big cluster right now, I think it's going to get better in the next month. 
Yeah, each state is definitely different. I had a I had a friend this morning in Miami, Florida, who got the vaccine, and she's a she's a teacher at a university, but the schools are closed, so she's teaching through Zoom. She got it this morning, and then last week, a buddy of mine in Houston, Texas, got the vaccine, and he don't even have a job. Oh, Damn. wow! He's just, he's just he's frontline in the living room. <laughs> <laughs> and otherwise young with no medical conditions? Yeah, exactly. Wow. That's that's so, interesting. Okay, so speaking of being like in the drive-through waiting for this virus, I'm not waiting for the virus, waiting for the vaccine. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, really? We could drive through the girl." <laughs> I mean, the way some people act, just Actually, yeah, I felt like back in the day like 2020, I'm calling that back in the day, people were afraid to go to the hospital for other reasons outside yes. of COVID. It was like, why am I going to be in the waiting room? I might get COVID trying to get tested for COVID, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. I hope people don't have those thoughts when they're in line for these vaccines. But so speaking of that, what is the process of getting it? Will there be like a screening, a questionnaire, like eligibility? Absolutely. So they they really try to screen people who might not be good for this. And so there are some people who are like undergoing chemo, have had previous reactions. There's there's some people, people some people with a particular rheumatoid, uh, not rheumatoid arthritis, but like rheumatoid conditions. Some people should maybe think twice about getting this vaccine and definitely talk to your primary care provider first. That's for everybody if you have any questions. But when you get there, there's like kind of a gang of paperwork. Which made me feel more comfortable, actually. Like, even as a nurse practitioner, I was like, okay, I'm glad they're really checking to be thorough to make sure I'm cute to get this vaccine. So they were like, have you had allergies before? What are your underlying medical conditions? Like, have you ever reacted to a vaccine before? Do you have this? Do you have that? Blah, blah, blah. Like, all all of this. So then you fill out all this stuff. You fill out some CDC paperwork, and you get this cute little card. And then once you fill out all the paperwork and they review it, and they agree you're okay to get the vaccine, a couple of different people sign it or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then you just go up to the nurse and the nurse is like, okay, you're getting the Pfizer one or the Moderna one, whatever. It's lot number this, X, Y, and Z. They write it down on your little card. They ask you what arm you want it to go in. You show off the guns. And then my nurse was just like, she's like, okay, what arm do you want it in? I was like, I don't know. I guess they'll do my left one because, and I was trying to, you know, record it for social media or whatever. And I was like, okay, y'all, I'm about to get, oh. And she's just like, bam. (laughs) She's just like, went in my arm. I was like, okay, I guess we are doing this. No warning. (laughs) Right. Have you been trained to to get to do the vaccine yourself, like on other people? Yeah, I, I mean it's it's a the same type of shot that we would give anyone that's an intramuscular shot. So that's part of the reason you get it in that kind of same spot in your arm. That's where your deltoid muscle is. We need this thing to get into your muscle to work okay. its best. So you can't. So it doesn't matter like, which arm. It can be left arm or right arm. Doesn't matter which arm, as long as you have that some a little bit of muscle there, and uh, they get it in that the muscle. Same? Does it have to be the same arm for the second dose? Nope. Just has to be the same body and the same vaccine, by the way. Don't clown and get the Pfizer and then go get the Moderna or vice versa. Like if you got the Pfizer Pfizer first, go back to the same place where you got the last vaccine and get the Pfizer one again or same with Moderna. Out of curiosity, what what would happen if you would get one and get the other? I mean, I heard people are growing third arms. (laughs) They're like, eyeballs are falling. I'm joking. I'm joking. I was like, no. will it make something bigger? Because I, <laughs> I need a little help. It, you're like, uh, that is too funny. It probably <laughs> will not cause any harm, but we don't know. Mm. And so now is not, there are already so many we don't knows about all of yeah. this mess. And which is why I understand why lots of people have reservations, why conspiracy theories have gone wild. I get it. I get it. I totally get it. But let's just go off of the things that we can't control, the things that we do know. And what we do know is that 
Here's the evidence behind how well the vaccine works with two Pfizer doses. Here's the evidence behind how the vaccine works with two Moderna doses. We have not done any research about if you get a Pfizer one and then a Moderna one. I don't know. Maybe you're superhuman. Maybe it doesn't work at all. Theoretically, you should be fine, but we've never checked it out. So don't play with it. Does that make sense? Got you. Now, another concern is um, what is the cost going to look like for people without insurance? Should be free for most folks. Yeah. Um, Most public health departments... Well, I will say this, they're pro- unfortunately, and I, I hate making this political, but generally speaking, if you live in a blue state that believes in much more sort of like public health initiatives and like kind of healthcare for all kinds of things, if you live in a state that does that, this should humanity. be free for you. Yeah. Yeah. Who believes in humanity, right? If you live in a state where they, they have less public health resources, they don't believe in as much for like generalized healthcare for everyone, it still should be free. It just might be a little harder to come by. So again, I come back to LA County just cause I know them well, cause I'm here. Everyone in LA County, it's like, it's gonna be like a free for all. Like once they open this thing up, they're literally, they're just gonna be running around stabbing people with this thing and it's free, 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 off you go. Now, does that does that go for also those who are undocumented? Yeah, so in places, so in LA County, they've made it very clear specifically that you you have do, do not have to have any papers. You don't have to have any identification, nothing like that to, that is requiring you to get this vaccine. I think you do have to have something that you prove that you're yourself twice. So mm. whether that's a piece of mail with your name and address on it or something like that like they're not requiring it's not like a voter registration where you have to have something or whatever but there are other places like in nebraska for instance unfortunately where i'm from the little the little punks there were like well we're definitely not going to be documenting documenting vaccinating (laughs) the undocumented population in the first several rounds even if they're frontline healthcare workers even if they're people who are in exposure environments because right well then all of these public health people were saying regardless of your politics it doesn't it doesn't work that way so if you're going to vaccinate so let, let's just be on the real in nebraska there are a lot of meatpacking plants a lot of the individuals who work at these meatpacking houses are undocumented individuals so let's say 50 percent of your workforce is undocumented so you're only going to vaccinate the 50 percent that are documented however they're documented but what about the other 50%? They're just going to all make each other sick and it's not going to work, right? Like if you're going to, like I said, that magic number is 75 and that's sort of like globally, but also in your micro environments as well. Mm-hmm. So you can't just not document, like vaccinate people because they're undocumented. Like you can have issues with that if you want, which we all know is dumb, but like, even if you have issues with it, you still got to vaccinate everybody. Like you can, just because they might not have some sort of papers doesn't make them like not human, right? You got to vaccinate them. Exactly. Because that's like a selfish mentality. Like they're just trying to watch out for themselves. And it's like, well, if you don't want to get it, you know, you got to vaccinate everybody around you. Everybody. The reality is that there's undocumented people all around us. And uh, and yeah, these, you know, these viruses go through walls, whether you build them or not. Exactly. And especially when it's really affecting our POC community Mm -hmm. and especially the black and Latinx communities and also our Mm -hmm. LGBTQ communities as well. So, I mean, I'm sure you've seen how it's affecting everybody right now in this pandemic. Like you just said, you've, you've been seeing people like die in hospitals. And, and there were, the other day, there was somebody that posted, um, they were having funerals out in the parking lots. So Because you can't let people into, you can't let people congregate inside because it's that bad. I mean, it it is unbelievable the death rate right now in places like LA County 
if you're particularly for Latinx population, I, and I, I, I don't have the numbers on top of me, but I think it's like 36 deaths for every thousand um, cases. If you are Latinx, I think it's 15 deaths for every thousand cases if you are black. Mm-hmm. But I think it's like five deaths for every thousand cases if you're white in L.A. County. Is there it's a why? Multifactorial. A lot of people don't like that word, but there are a lot of different reasons behind this. Some of it is proportionality. So some of it is in L.A. County, more of the Latinx population have been exposed to this and are testing positive. Now, if we think about that, right, what are the socioeconomic factors that play into that? In a place like L.A. County, most of our essential workers that we like to celebrate, right? And we like to be like, thank you for keeping the economy going. Thank you for being out there working. Well, they're out there working and being exposed. And vast majority of those individuals are Latinx, right? Yeah. Or Black. Right. And these individuals come from poorer communities yeah. that have had less, and sometimes it's been intentional. Like our, our healthcare system, unfortunately, was built on racism, just like the rest of this country. And we're trying to fix it, but we have to speak in realities. So there are poorer communities that have much worse health in general. So more Latinx individuals in LA County have underlying conditions that make it dangerous to get COVID, like obesity hypertension, diabetes, right? So not only do you have more Latinx individuals who have to be on the front lines and work, but they're in communities with less access to healthcare. They're already not as healthy. And then you have things like, y'all understand this, in Latinx and Black black households, there's a lot of intergenerationality. So sometimes you live with abuelo and abuelita and tia and or their next door yeah. right and so you have a lot families are intermingling a lot so yes it might be the young healthy person going to work but if he brings it home he might be fine but he might unknowingly spread it to the whole family and then who i end up taking care of in the hospital is tia and abuelito right so right. all of those things are some of the factors that go, and some of them, there's even more too, right? right? But like the biggest factors that go into why this is dis, far and away disproportionately impacting the Latinx community here in LA County and then the black community and then whites and Asians. Wow. Dang. Who would have thought that it was all because of tamales, right? Jose. <laughs> 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 like for real though, like, you know, obesity is such a big thing, you know, Ooh. uh, but diabetes too, you yeah. know, like my roommate, um, she's diabetic and, you know, she, she got COVID and it was just close to dying and it's just so scary. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, sorry to hear that. is there anything else that we should know in regards to, uh, you know, these marginalized communities, especially like our trans, our trans siblings, mm-hmm. um, any advice for, for, for our queer and trans, uh, communities in regards to getting the vaccine and, you know, things that you've heard out there that are keeping them from, from getting it or that will keep them from getting it. Yeah. You know, I think that there, I think we have to keep doing educational things like this. Like whoever's listening, I hope that you've been able to take one thing from what any of us have said to sort of educate you about this, because I think it's, we have to sort of be comfortable with, like I mentioned before, like two truths existing simultaneously that was one of my favorite phrases from 2020 but i'm bringing it into 2021 you cannot like the healthcare system you can understand that the healthcare system has consistently done you wrong and also understand that this vaccine is really important and you need to take it and it's going to actually help keep you out of the healthcare system if that makes sense 
So I think a lot more education, you know, I work, I'm on the advisory board of an organization called APAIT. Uh, and we do a lot of work uh, here in LA County with the LGBTQ youth, particularly trans homeless youth who are either have HIV or at high risk for HIV. And so housing is a healthcare issue. So things that right, like right now, like there's so many of our trans brothers and sisters out there who are just straight up worried about like, where's my next meal coming from? Yeah. And where am I going to sleep? So we have to address those types of things from a healthcare standpoint, while also understanding that these individuals may be interested in the vaccine, but might not have resources to, to go and get it. Like, yes, I just told you that the vaccine is going to be free in LA County, but if like you are worrying about where you're going to sleep, you might not have bus fare to get down to Dodger Stadium to do the whole thing, right? So we have to continue to expand these opportunities to reach out to those individuals, to continue to educate through alternative means. Your education can't just be like, oh, go read the CDC report about blah, blah, blah. Like, first of all, nobody has time to go read the damn CDC report. But people do listen to podcasts. People are on social media. People do see bus billboards. People are out on the streets. That's one of the things that APAIT does really well is get out on the streets with individuals face to face and just be like, hey, let me answer your questions. And I think we have to do this. You know, my kind of final point about this, we have to do this with it in sort of a judgment free kind of way. Right. Obviously, I'm a big fan of this vaccine, but it's not we my job. Running around stabbing everybody with this vaccine. Right. But it's not my job also to like judge people, especially like the, the individuals I work with in the trans community. Like this is a really big issue. It's not my job to judge you if you don't want to take it yet. Like what it means is you need more education. What it means is someone with a dumb conspiracy theory has probably gotten to you first. What it means is you've probably had some trauma in the healthcare system before. And I get that. So I think we just have to keep working at this and y'all reach out to me, reach out to other people online who you trust those, you know, loved ones, whatever, and just start asking questions. We, we can do this. We can figure it out. Before I get to my last question, I, I wanted to ask you, like, you're in the front lines, you're in the battlefield, in the heart of it all, seeing everything that's happening. How are you holding up? How are you doing? Because you're smart, you're educated Aww. on everything. And I'm pretty sure your mental health gets the best of you, you know, and it's, it's not easy. And onto that question, um, how can somebody keep surviving through this, uh, the whole thing going on still with their mental health? You are really sweet for asking. Thank you. Um, my mental health is not always great. Um, and I think it's really important to be sort of honest about that. Like I definitely, I try not to met, let my like media persona be very different from who I really am. Yeah. Like, obviously I'm not going on the news and being like, you know, I am really bad mentally right now, but let's talk about Moderna vaccine. You know, like <laughs> you, you have to do, it's part of my job. So, yeah. but I will say that like, you know, my husband has been really great about helping to do things to help take care of me. Um, I've really had to hang on to some of the things that I find really important. Like I, I was a big, I'm a big sports person. And so like playing basketball, playing tennis, all these different things was how I kept my mental health together for a really long time. Well, I've, I haven't hooped since February. Um, I was playing tennis with someone this summer, like one guy who was, you know, I kind of locked down like I am and whatever, but then I ended up tearing my bicep. So like, I haven't even been able to work out or play tennis or all these things. So my, you're, and seeing people die. I, unfortunately, three people died today while I was at work. Like this is unfortunately commonplace and yeah, my mental health is tough, but I think the, one of the biggest things for all of us is to just keep acknowledging it, know that it's there and be okay asking for help. Even if that help is like, 
you know what, girl, I know we're supposed to have like a happy hour Zoom tonight over <laughs> wine, but like, I am really not feeling this. Or can we do this? But I need to be really selfish and I need to talk to my emotions right now. Like have those people in your life that you can do that. Know that it's okay to say no to things. Know that very few people are living their best life right now. So don't try to keep up with the dumb people on social media who are acting like they're living their social their best life, right? Yeah. Like the world, the politically, the world is a fire, dumpster fire right now, the pandemic, like everything. So I will say the thing that keeps me going is knowing that there are really, there are bomb people out there who have been really trying to do the right thing. And I feel like we are all going to get rewarded for that. I feel like it is, whether it's this fall or whatever, like it's, we're going to get rewarded for these things that we are doing. And I, I really think it's very valuable for people to just understand that with this vaccine here, with the new administration here, like the, their light at the end of the tunnel is getting bigger for me. And I hope it is for everybody else too. Ooh. Not a secret stimulus check. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you see Uncle Joe was already talking about $2,000? Okay. Like, I ain't mad at that. <laughs> right. I'll, I'll take it. Shoot. <laughs> and when do you think society will become normal again? Quote, unquote, oh, normal. Never. Gosh, never. <laughs> right. I agree. Jose was right. I don't think we'll ever go back to as normal as we were. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I really, I honestly, I don't think we were. Yes, you're going to be at Coachella. You're going to be at Pride. You're going to be doing all these things. You're going to be woo woo woo. Like, I, you know, I spent 15 years in Chicago. So, like, Market Days is my jam, right? You're going to be at Market Days. You're going to be like kicking <laughs> and kissing everybody in the bar. I think we're probably at least another year from anything close to that. Yeah. But I do think by this fall, we're going to be cute. You're going to be at a few pool parties this fall. You're going to be at a few barbecues this fall where you're actually going to walk in and everyone is going to have their vaccination card, right? And like, you're going to be able to be in someone's house having dinner without a mask on and not feel guilty about it or get called out by gays over COVID. (laughs) You'll be able to, I think by this fall, like I think by Labor Day, kind of October, we'll start to like... You'll be like, dang, okay, wait, all nine people in this house have been vaccinated. Dope. Like, and then you finally start giving everybody hugs and stuff. Like, oh, I can't wait for that. I'm so excited. Yes, I'll be I'll be I'll finally be able to wear my chinchilla that I bought at uh, uh, HM. <laughs> like, yes, I was supposed to wear this. I was supposed to wear this. I was supposed to Oh my God. That that video cracks me up. The little one that was on TikTok, yeah. they were like, this was supposed to be my Halloween outfit. <laughs> And I couldn't wear it. So instead I'm showing it to you now or whatever. Oh my God, that one was killing me. Cause that was me. I, so I love shoes, like all kinds of shoes, uh, heels, boots, flats, like slippers, whatever. I got a very, very, very cute pair of leopard print shoes for my doctoral graduation. And I have not been able to wear it like pumps, like stilettos. Really? Yes. I, I have not been able to wear those. I cannot wait to wear those to some party just to be like that bitch coming up in there in her stilettos. I can't wait. <laughs> well, we look forward to seeing you in them and strutting your stuff on the on the gram. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Um, Dr. James Simmons, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Um, and from the bottom of our hearts, like, honestly, thank you for doing the work and just caring and having compassion for humanity and trying to make a difference each day. Oh, thank you very much. I really, that means the world. It really does. And thank you. Thank you for having me on and letting me hang out with y'all. This is a perfect, perfect, perfect way to wrap up my day. Thank you so much. This is awesome. <laughs> um, before we go, let you go. Um, 
what are your social media plugs, websites, projects? Share with us what you got going on. All kind of stuff going on. So, uh, well, I'm at Ask the NP on Instagram and Twitter is where I'm the most um, active. I, some stuff might be coming up on YouTube again. You know, I did YouTube for a long time and then I kind of fell away from it. And then oh, there might be some YouTube stuff going, coming back on. I also am I have a new show. It's on pause right now for the next couple of weeks, but coming out soon, probably the beginning of February. Um a show about health. It's Ask the NP on Channel Q for radio.com. So uh, Channel Q is the largest LGBTQ nationally syndicated talk radio program in the world. So that'll be coming out um, also as a podcast. There's lots of other projects in the work that I can't talk about, but stay tuned on the Instagram. You'll find out about them. <laughs> Am I, oh yeah, and my OnlyFans. I have a special right now, fifty percent off. No, I'm kidding. You. Oh, sad. <laughs> to see them pumps. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Oh my God, nurses and pumps. <laughs> yes. Ooh. All right, I'm gonna go save that one right now. Okay, <laughs> that'll be a, a challenge right, or a trend. So much, thank you for having me, y'all. All right, guys. Ah, thank you, Dr. James, for joining us. And when we return, we're gonna find out if Jose and I plan to take the vaccine. You're listening to The Humble Homie Podcast. (laughs) And we are back. And Jose, how do you feel? I feel educated. Edumacated, girl. (laughs) I feel relieved. I'm actually pretty stoked that, you know, Dr. Simmons shared all that info with us and he had a lot of information and he answered all our questions. Did you feel relieved because you kind of were like doubting the vaccine before we shot this episode? Um, I had some reservations, some, Mm -hmm. but because of my status, but he eased that a lot, you know, and he was able to give me that information. I was like, all right, cool. You know, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take it. For me, what about you? Are you going to take it? Um, well, girl, um, I don't know. Actually, I'm all we had it already, so it's a better, it's a, even better for us to get another immune boost. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, of course, I'm going to take it. Come on now, Ta girl. Um, I'm going to keep it real. I had my reservations, you know, maybe the conspiracy theories did get to me first. Uh, Why did you have Botox wanna... done? <laughs> What happened? Did you have Botox done? <laughs> Don't call me out. No, <laughs> I, I did not have Botox done. You know what? Lately, people have been sending me feedback on the podcast, and they take a lot of things that we say literally. And so I don't even know if that's the right word, but they they take it as Bible. And I'm just like, you guys, like I'm having fun on the podcast. So, no, I haven't had Botox done. And yes, I am getting the vaccine. <laughs> she debunked her her, her myth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All our listeners out there. So, yes, me and Eric do plan to get the vaccine. And we both did have COVID and we did beat it. Uh, and we are immune, like he was saying, but we're also taking our precautions. And just to wrap up that whole conversation about gays over COVID, yeah, you know, it, it's just really sad. You know, I know it's all fun and memes and we're laughing and LOLing, but it's really sad because you have a point, Eric, you know, it, it, it is a bad look for the gays. Uh, but like I think the mayor of Los Angeles said in one of his uh, press conferences, you know, those are just some bad apples. You know, don't go around blaming the entire, you know, LGBTQ plus community right. for something that a couple. Well, I mean, there was a ton of them. Uh, 
of gays, privileged gays, that took a vacation trip to Puerto Vallarta, you know, and it was caught on video, it was caught on social media, and it just blew blew out of the water, literally. I mean, didn't a boat sink or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, you may call it cancel culture, but like Johnny Sibley said, and I believe um, other people have brought up, you know, it's also accountability. This account also has done some good. Yeah. Because if it's shaming you from from doing the wrong thing, then good, you know. But we can't take it too literally as well. We can't really point fingers full heartedly and keep that finger on that person forever. You know, you have to let people grow and let people learn from the lessons. I mean, I love like I said as well, I, I, I love the page Gaze Over COVID. It was great. You know, it's just keeping our community accountable for the actions that they do. And then from, you know, for what they do, they have to learn. Yeah, that's true. But some people are just idiots. Yeah. <laughs> COVID idiots. <laughs> oh my gosh. We should launch, we should launch um, after learning all this from Dr. James Simmons, we should launch vaccines over COVID. Okay. Hey. <laughs> and uh, real quick, we got an email not too long ago from um, the AIDS Healthcare Foundation about uh, those of you who are living with HIV and wanting to get the vaccine as well. So if you go to ahf.org slash COVAX, C-O-V-A-X, you'll find a lot of information there for you. All right. Awesome. And then also just a quick reminder to everybody to check out the homohomiepodcast.com our new website with a whole bunch of information and it has uh, a donation tab. So if you want to contribute to our mission and help us out, feel free to donate to us via the website, PayPal, Venmo, Cash App, you name it. And then you'll also find all the places that you, we are available for streaming from Spotify to Apple to you name it. Yep. And also, um, Please give us your reviews. We would love to see some reviews from you guys. And then the stars, I believe it's on Apple that you can get all that um, uh, situated as well. Um, and also please share with your friends, with the neighbors, you know, with your community, with uh, your, your chosen families. Yeah, let's do like a vaccine challenge. We challenge everybody to share this episode with five people that do not plan to get the vaccine that are crazy and are trying to wait it out. Mm -hmm. Share this episode with them to debunk that feeling, you know, and let's help e Let's help educate each other. I mean, yes, we do a lot of judging and finger pointing, but you know, I'm glad that we have this podcast as a, as a resource platform so that people can learn. And so that you'll be doing somebody a huge favor by sharing this episode with them. And that's why we did this episode. Yep. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much to Dr. Uh, James Simmons for coming through and sharing his point of view and all the information with the, the COVID vaccination. And also thank you to Jose Resendez, my co-host, who always helps me with my episodes and just has so much knowledge. He's so smart. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> Snaps for the kids. And thank you to you, the listener, for always going through our episodes and just listening to our banters and what we have to offer. So, all right, guys. Well, as always, remember to be good or be good at it, but be safe. We love you. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>